Welcome to The Buzz Pod, a monthly podcast produced by the Birch Bay Chamber of Commerce. This program is made possible by Blaine Birch Bay Park and Recreation District 2, Silver Reef Casino Resort, Loomis Trail Golf Course, Phillips 66 Ferndale Refinery. Here's your host, Sasha Sanguinetti. This episode, we'll talk about what's happening around the area this holiday season, including details on the Ring of Fire and Hope and the Polar Bear Plunge, two Birch Bay traditions. With 2023 just around the corner, some details have been finalized for our event season that I'm excited to pass along as well. That and more coming up. The December holiday edition of the Birch Bay Buzz Pod is next. The natural beauty and recreation in this northwest corner of Whatcom County make it a great place to live and play. The Blaine Birch Bay Park and Recreation District 2 is your local source for fun. Group fitness classes, Zumba, yoga, strength and cardio, and pound fitness. Register for these and other activities at bbbparkandrec.org. Blaine Birch Bay Park and Recreation District is a proud partner of the Chamber of Commerce in providing special events for the community. Blaine Birch Bay Park and Recreation, where the fun happens. Here's the buzz in Birch Bay. Doesn't seem like that long ago we were complaining about the hot weather. And as I record this podcast, we're now facing snow, ice, and that Pacific Northwest cold that'll just cut right through you. With that said, I really do actually enjoy this time of year in the Bay. A crisp, calm morning walk on the berm with geese and ducks dotting the water, it's really tough to beat. Well, it is the season, and by that I mean small business season. Shopping local should happen year-round, but for many independently-owned businesses, this is a very important time, especially in the shadow of what have been some tough years. Yes, sometimes it's less expensive and more convenient to go online, but here are a couple of things to keep in mind. One, small business is the backbone of the U.S. economy, period. Sure, big corporations are the one that make the headlines, but according to the SBA, Small business accounts for nearly two-thirds of jobs created in the United States, and that holds true in our area as well. Money spent local tends to stay local and circulate throughout the community. But even setting all that aside, small businesses have greater incentive to provide much better and personalized service. Check out our social media pages for local holiday shopping ideas. There's some good ones. Search and follow Birch Bay Chamber of Commerce on Facebook and Instagram. We're getting ready for a big New Year's weekend with the Ring of Fire and Hope, December 31st, New Year's Eve, and the always fun Polar Bear Plunge on the 1st. For this year's Ring of Fire, we'll once again be handing out complimentary traditional road flares at the Visitor Center in the days leading up to the event course while supplies last. You can go to birchbaychamber.com for details on distribution times. New this year, we have battery-powered LED flares available for purchase at the Visitor Center. You receive two of these flares with each purchase and a carrying case so that you can use them year-round in your vehicle's emergency kit. Again, the lights are LED so they emit a bright light. Cost is only 20 bucks. It's a great Christmas idea uh, since they have practical use, use all year long. The Polar Plunge will be staged in the Beach Cat Brewing parking lot with a Wiku warming tent for after you take the plunge. Go to our website to register and to purchase your commemorative shirt. Obsidian Apparel helped us design this year's shirt and they look really good. Pretty comfy as well. Speaking of the Polar Bear Plunge, congratulations to Billy Brown and Tanya Wall as they will actually be taking two plunges that day. 
with their wedding ceremony happening just prior to the event, followed by the literal plunge into the bay with everyone else. We look forward to cheering them on and sharing in that celebration. One more quick note before jumping to our member of the month recognition and our monthly guest, the Birch Bay Chamber is always trying to add services we feel will benefit the community. Just recently, Notary Public Services became available. We prefer that if you need something notarized, it be by appointment. It's free for our membership and just a small fee for others. Be looking for other new services at the Chamber as we flip the calendar to 2023. Time now to recognize the Birch Bay Chamber of Commerce Member of the Month. We're happy to recognize Sahara Pizza as the final Member of the Month for 2022. Despite having just opened this past summer, they've already made a huge positive impact on the Birch Bay community, providing pizzas and sponsoring a number of local events. It seems I can't drive anywhere without seeing one of their delivery vehicles running their delicious pizza somewhere. The key to a great pizza? Quality and they use the freshest ingredients highlighted by the finest mozzarella money can buy. Visit saharapizza.com. And we'd like to recap and recognize all of our 2022 members of the month because they have all made significant contributions to the Birch Bay community and they continuously make it a great place to live and play. In January, it was K-9 Divine, our member of the month in February, WIKU, Whatcom Educational Credit Union. In March, we recognized Bay Center Market. In April, it was Dave and Deb Hiller and Brooks Friedland with EXP Realty. The Sea Shop was recognized in May. In June, our member of the month was Doug Parent Fine Art. July, Rooted by the Bay. Banner Bank recognized in August. In September, the member of the month, Joel Abbott with Dream Management and Dream Maintenance, as well as Remax Realty. October saw Seven Elements Spa receive the member of the month recognition. Christ the King North Bay Church in November. And as the, we just mentioned, Sahara Pizza rounds out our 2022 member of the month. Our current member of the month is always pinned at the top of our Facebook news feed. The members of the month are chosen by the Chamber Board of Directors during their monthly meeting. They select a member business that is not only a strong chamber partner, but has an elevated commitment to our community and residents. We appreciate all of our members and enjoy highlighting them each and every month. What does your dream getaway have? Luxury hotel rooms, elegant suites, and relaxing spa? We've got that. World-class Wine Spectator Award-winning Steakhouse? We've got that. Washington's premier golf destination? We've got that. How about the newest slots, table games, and exciting promotions? Oh yeah, we've got those too. Visit Silver Reef Casino Resort and hit the getaway jackpot. Silver Reef Casino Resort, located off I-5 exit 260. We've got that. The Birch Bay Buzz Pod. This upcoming interview with Alicia Evans from the Whatcom Humane Society Wildlife Division was originally played last year after residents brought injured birds into our visitor center following a storm. The content is still applicable and worth hearing again. Once again, this is my conversation with Alicia Evans one year ago from the Whatcom Humane Society Wildlife Division. 
Well, we're joined now on the BuzzPod by Alicia Evans, the manager of wildlife services with Whatcom Humane Society. And uh, uh, Alicia, we've, I've got a lot of things I want to talk about, but I want to start first with uh, um, Whatcom Humane Society. You told me something interesting before we started recording, and that was uh, Whatcom Humane Society hasn't always had the wildlife services as, as part of its entity, correct? Correct, yes. They uh, incorporated wildlife services into their mission and their organization in 2014. So wildlife services, tell me, tell me exactly what, what goes on there. Yes, yeah, so wildlife rehabilitation, it's a pretty complex field. Um, so we have staff that are trained. So for instance, I'm a licensed wildlife rehabilitator and also a licensed veterinary technician. In order to be doing veterinary things in wildlife rehabilitation, you have to work with a veterinarian or be a licensed veterinary technician. And in order to have a wildlife center, you need to be licensed with a Department of Fish and Wildlife, which requires training hours, tests, continuing education, facilities, inspections, laws, all sorts of things. So kind of once you have all of that established and you actually start rehabilitating wildlife, what you're doing is you're taking in all injured, orphaned, sick, displaced wildlife in Washington state or whatever you are permitted for. In the case of the Whatcom Humane Society, we are permitted for all species of wildlife in Washington state, whereas there are other centers who might just do songbirds or waterfowl so you're doing whatever you're permitted for, and basically the goal is to get that animal through the door, kind of fix any issues, make sure that they are able to not only survive, but thrive in the wild, and then ultimately release them back. What, uh, uh, how many people work there? We have six employees. And do you do any, do you have any kind of volunteer work that's available through your organization? Yes, we definitely take volunteers. I think the next recruitment is in February. And what, what's that process like? So that process is our volunteer manager works with volunteers who send in applications and kind of goes through orientations and trainings, sets up schedules, sets up the days of the week that the volunteer may come. And then they come to the wildlife center where we do hands-on training of various tasks that need to happen in order to keep the wildlife center running. And the volunteer just keeps doing those tasks. And as they progress, they get to learn new things and it goes from there. I imagine you're a lot like us in the chamber world in that um, volunteers are very necessary, correct? Yes, yes. We definitely could not do what we do without volunteers. So it is 100% necessary. Once again, we're visiting with Alicia Evans, the manager of wildlife services with the Whatcom Humane Society. And what prompted this conversation, Alicia, was um, the fact that we had two shorebirds brought here to the Visitor Information Center on consecutive days. Um, do you, and I know there's, there's different ways that animals could be injured, but do you guys see an uptick in calls and admissions when there's a storm system that moves through like we had earlier this week? Yes, definitely. And I can tell you that that's why those seabirds came to you guys is they definitely were blown in um, off the ocean and have various things going on with them, but ultimately found themselves in a bad spot where they could be picked up by humans, which that's always a last resort. They will do everything that they can to avoid uh, essentially a predator. We are a predator coming near them. So that's really, you know, there's something very wrong if you can pick them up. And a lot of that for you guys specifically was due to that storm and them being blown in offshore. 
I, I want to stick there for just a second. Uh, you talked about uh, human interaction really being a last resort. And, you know, we obviously as humans see everything through a human prism, right? And, and so we think that these animals, they're cute, they're cuddly, they, and that, that couldn't be farther from the truth. We, it was, sometimes it's easy to forget, especially with smaller animals that tend to be um, a little cuter in nature, if you will, um, that, that they are indeed wild animals. Yeah, and I really want to thank you for saying that, actually, because that is pretty much the biggest conflict that we have in this field is the public definitely having the right intentions and wanting to help these animals, which is necessary for them to come into our doors. But remembering that they are wild and most of them are a prey species, they want nothing to do with this. It's very, very stressful for them to be looked at or handled or cuddled or being provided with food and water, things like that, that all just basically elevates their cortisone levels, which in essence is sending them on a downward trend that we don't necessarily like to see. And stress is definitely one of our main reasons for mortality and wildlife rehabilitation. So keeping those things in mind is key when rescuing wildlife. I imagine it varies per species, but what are the correct steps to take if you find injured wildlife. And I, I, and I preface this by saying, I understand every situation is different, but if we were to generalize it, what steps should Sasha take if I'm walking on the beach and I find a, an injured loon? Yeah, that's a great question. So definitely the first thing to always do is call, because as you said, every situation is a little bit different. And especially in the case where we have um, baby season and babies, there's so many different things that could be going on. And we often don't jump to bringing them in if, unless we can prove that they actually are injured or orphaned. So give us a call. But if the animal is obviously injured and you cannot get a hold of us, or if it's after hours or something like that, and it's safe to do so, collecting that animal and putting it in a box in a warm, dark, quiet spot with no food or water, that's going to be the key there is a lot of times, if they're provided with food or water, sometimes we see accidental deaths where they drown in their water or they're fed the wrong food and then they regurgitate or we're not able to administer anesthesia right away, things like that. So as much as we want to provide that for them, it's best not to. And just keeping them in that dark, quiet spot until you can get a hold of a wildlife rehabilitator and then going through the next steps of getting it to that wildlife hospital. Do you guys handle all sorts of animals or are there certain ones like say protected species that it's a different type of process? No, we are permitted for all species. And so we will take in and rehabilitate all species. Sometimes it does make a difference as far as how, what the public can do. So for instance, if we're dealing with a swan, that's not something that the public would bring in or catch or capture that would have to go through us or the Department of Fish and Wildlife or in the event of a large carnivore, so our bears, cougars, uh, bobcats, things like that, that would not be something that the public would be involved in either. That would have to go through us or the department. So that's why it's so important to call because sometimes that very initial step is a little different if they are a dangerous species or a protected species. Somebody brings an injured animal in. Um, can you give us a sense of, of what, what happens next um, once, once we drop that animal off? Yeah, so what happens is it's brought into our examination room and given a quick glance to make sure that there is nothing life-threatening going on because the drive and capture and things like that are extremely stressful. It's best for us to let that animal de-stress when they first get here if they are not needing emergent life-saving treatments. 
if they are requiring emergent life-saving treatments, we do not let them de-stress. We start doing IV fluids if we need to, oxygen, um, bleeding control, things like that. And we get them started on treatments and medications. And similarly, after they're done going through their de-stress period, then they get a full examination and everything gets looked at. Diagnostics get made as to what's going on with them. Treatment plans, so medications, therapies, a diet plan. Um, a lot of the animals that are coming to us are needing specific diets, specific formulas, specific feedings, things like that. Housing plans. So what we're doing as far as where are they being kept? Are they being kept in an inside enclosure, an outside enclosure? Moving them through the process of rehabilitation with adding things like enrichment. That's very important to their psychological well-being. And then eventually after they've recovered from their illness or injury, or in the case of orphans are big enough, they will be moved into pre-release conditioning cages where they learn how to basically be wild and do all of the things they need to do in order to survive in the wild. So for birds that might be being waterproof, diving, flying, hunting, all of those crucial behaviors. And then they get assessed for release. And if they meet all of the criteria, they get to be released out into the wild. And if they don't, then they get reevaluated and a new plan is made. Uh, Alicia, you'd mentioned that uh, you've been in doing this in the Whatcom County area for about 12 years now. Um, do you have any crazy, funny stories? What's the weirdest thing you've seen come through those doors? Oh, gosh, this question always gets me. Yes, it has been 12 years. Um, I would say that recently, they're not truly wild in Washington, but we have seen quite an uptick of people having illegal animals, such as alligators and crocodiles. So we've been involved in quite a few cases where these animals have had to be seized and then held um, at our facilities since we have the permits and the protection equipment to deal with them. So recently, we just had three alligators that we're happy to say were transported to Florida to their forever home. So those are always pretty crazy stories. And other than that, we've had a couple of bald eagles stuck in fishing net hanging from a tree over a lake that always mm. causes quite a stir and you name it, we see it. It's definitely something different every day. Yeah. It's uh, it, birds tend to be kind of the most common thing that you see. I'd say it's 40, 60. So 40% mammals, 60% birds. Okay. Obviously, everything that you've mentioned here, Alicia, um, uh, it, it, it doesn't come free. Um, is, uh, how are you guys funded? How can the public help? Um, because you're talking about care and medications and paying six employees and training volunteers. That's not cheap. How can we help? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. And yeah, what most people think is they think we get state funding or government funding, and we don't. It is 100% a nonprofit and everything comes through donations and sponsorships and just the goodness of people's hearts. And so we're really lucky in that way that we have a community that supports this service. So the best thing to do is honestly monetary donations. They make such a difference because we can put them where we need to. For instance, swan season is coming up and we are anticipating getting in about 200 swans in the next couple of months. And those swans are generally coming in with lead poisoning that requires a very specific medication to treat that. And it is extremely expensive. So right now, monetary donations are being funneled into swan medications. So things like that, that's very, very helpful. And then we also have a list of 
frequently needed items on the Whatcom Humane Society's website as a wish list. And so those item donations really help as well. And we, we talk about money and we talk about, uh, you know, uh, assets to, to help make the job easier, but really um, is, is education and educating yourself also right up there as far as importance? Yes, definitely. Knowing kind of what's normal, what we have in this area, what to do if you see something, all of those things is really important because it just takes a phone call and we can be like, hey, this is abnormal behavior. We know we need to help this animal versus, oh, it's this time of the year we're seeing bald eagles feasting on um, food items. So yes, they might be a little heavy and not be able to fly off right away. There's kind of different situations for everything. So education and learning about this is definitely key. And the more we spread the word as this service is available and these animals need professional care, hopefully the more we'll be able to do. Once again, we've been visiting with Alicia Evans, the manager of wildlife services with the Whatcom Humane Society. You can find them online at whatcomhumane.org. Alicia, thank you so much for joining us. It's been pleasurable. Well, thank you. Really enjoyed being here. Immaculate greens, unrivaled natural beauty, championship caliber conditions. Loomis Trail is the epitome of Northwest Gulf. With water in play on nearly every hole and tree-lined fairways, Loomis Trail provides a fantastic golf experience for those that want a challenge and those looking for a fun getaway. What round are you up for? Tee times available online at golfloomis.com. Start planning your perfect golf getaway today. The Buzz Pod. You should be seeing membership renewal notifications soon. It can be paid in person, via mail, or electronically. Many benefits come along with your annual chamber investment, and we look forward to having you on board again in 2023. If you have questions about membership or the benefits that come along with it, contact us here at the office, 360-371-5004, or feel free to drop either Danielle or I an email. My email is Sasha, spelled S-A-C-H-A, at birchbaychamber.com, or Danielle at director at birchbaychamber.com. Be looking for our new Discover Thursdays coming in early 2023. Each week, we will be highlighting different chamber members and the great products and services they offer. We always emphasize the importance of doing business locally, and Discover Thursdays is going to help drive that point home. Please like and follow us on social media, primarily Facebook and Instagram. We use these platforms not only to pass along information on what we're doing, but you'll also find information on the events and activities of our members and Birch Bay in general. Local news bulletins are placed on these pages when applicable and when we feel they're important for the community. We try to be a resource, not only for our membership, but the Birch Bay community as a whole. Search Birch Bay Chamber of Commerce and give us a follow. A reminder, those battery-operated and environmentally environmentally friendly, that's a mouthful, LED flares as well as polar bear plunge swag now available for sale at the Birch Bay Chamber Visitor Center. Visit birchbaychamber.com for more details. That about wraps things up. Thanks for listening to this month's episode of the Birch Bay Buzz Pod. Do have a happy holidays and stay warm. We look forward to seeing you New Year's Eve and New Year's Day for the annual Ring of Fire and Hope and the Polar Bear Plunge. This has been the Buzz Pod, a monthly presentation of the Birch Bay Chamber of Commerce. 